Hello, 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 everyone. It's me, June E. Victor, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Nothing More, Nothing Less. On today's episode, I have my sister-in-law, Melissa, who is the owner and lead therapist of Heartfelt Counseling Center. Her background ranges from all things relationships, whether it be premarital, infidelity, interracial, and she has extensive experience within her community when it comes to mental health and nonprofit agencies. So on this episode, we understand what came from 2020, but what did we learn from that abuse and how can we come back better than ever? Now, this episode was recorded days before the craziness at the Capitol, so bear with us. Enjoy! On today's episode, I have my sister-in-law, Melissa, who has been with us before, but I thought that it would be best for her to be on this particular episode, touching base on mental health, awareness, and all that. (laughs) Welcome, Melissa. Thank you for having me back, Junie. I'm so excited. I'm actually, I think, even though I work in mental health, I need this for my own mental health. Oh, yes. (laughs) Just talk about... Yeah, everything, obviously, with a trusted family member and how many people are going to listen because we just need to talk and shed all of 2020 so we can be fresh this year. 100%. I think it's important. And I just recorded an episode um, that's airing on the first Monday of January. So this is going to be the second Monday of January. And I talk about how you have to kind of like say things out loud in order for you to understand that they were real and for you to defeat whatever you're going through. So I think it's important for us to have this conversation so we know what we felt and how to get over it. I This literally just happened to me <laughs> this weekend. Like, what is today? Sunday? Yeah. And uh-huh. I, in terms of like just speaking things, like mm. saying how you feel. Yes. And I know that Again, I'm trained in it. I've been through things in life, of course. But sometimes you have to remind yourself that it's important to say what's going on, say how you feel, because you can't you can't bottle that stuff in time. But we'll get into all that. We'll get into this. You just can't keep it all in. And even to piggyback off of the piggyback, (laughs) (laughs) working in an industry where you are helping others, that is something of 2020 that is so stressful if you are giving advice to someone or you're mentoring someone or you're helping someone initially you're not taking that extra step to figure out if you also need assistance yes yes that's that's true and when I was in school that's something that they had talked about um in terms of like making sure we have supervision and stuff like when we're training and we have consultation we're like licensed but specifically they talk about like it's it's helpful and like strongly recommended that therapists early on in their career go to therapy or have some type of professional support themselves. When I first heard that, I thought that was like, what? Like, no, that's crazy. Like, I'm fine. But even though you are fine at whatever points in your life, there are times when you're not fine. Right. So I think that's kind of the the idea behind it. So they do talk about that in the field, like how important that is. Um, You know, some people follow that more than others, but regardless of what it looks like, whether that's like a colleague or your own therapist or whatever, you do need the outlet because you are holding other people's stuff and because you're confidential we can't share other people's stuff so not as if like you know it's a friend or um 
maybe like a colleague at work, something happened, you come home, talk to your husband about, hey, or wife or whatever, like, my gosh, my, my coworker is going through something and they can't, you know, but if it's a client, like, you can't be like, hey, husband or wife, like, let me tell you right. what happened with my client today. Can they sign um, a non-disclosure? <laughs> <laughs> right? That's actually a good question. <laughs> I haven't heard that before, but maybe that might be coming up. I don't know. Mm. But typically, the, I mean, the state law and ethics is like, no, it doesn't matter. I mean, the main thing is I is keeping the person's identity, you know, private, right. but to be on the safest side and the most ethical thing is not, not to, to share anything. anything. Yeah. Right. I mean, um, but you really don't want to be saying pretty much anything. That's the best practice um, is to do it that way. So why do you think that they um, recommend for a therapist to seek a therapist or someone to have someone to talk to early on in the, in the stages of the profession versus throughout the entire profession? Um, so a couple of things. I think um, the early part is to allow us to know what it feels like to be a client, oh. particularly with people that go into the mental health field. We're usually helpers in our own life. And so sometimes we're not used to getting help ourselves. And so they want you early on to know what it feels like, number one. And also, secondly, to make sure, you know, that you're prepared and ready to hold other people's stuff. So, for example, like if you've been through trauma yourself, like childhood trauma, and then your internship is dealing with people who've been through childhood trauma, you know, like that might be triggering for you. So right. it's twofold. One is to know the experience of just knowing what it feels like. And probably more importantly, to work through anything that could impact your clients at, at that time or in the future. Summarize mm-hmm. that. I think, I think it, it, to me, in my opinion, like that's great, but I, I do think that it should be recommended to have it throughout the whole entire career. Because even though you may be an expert in 20 years of whatever subject that it is, you may end up being or building some type of shell around your own heart and then you won't be able to separate your work from your personal yes, life. Yes, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. Yeah. So the way, the reason, I guess, um, because you're new to the field, there's a lot of things you hear early on, right? Mm-hmm. So they tell you to do it early on, but they also recommend to do it, you know, at some at other points you think you might need it. So, um the earlier you do it, the better, but it doesn't necessarily mean like you're saying that, oh, you're never going to need it again, or you shouldn't right. do it or whatever. Um, it's more like, a, I guess, a time by time, right? So like if you do it early, kind of see how you're doing mentally, make sure you know the experience of clients and stuff. Um, but, if, but they also say like, if there's any other points in your life where you think you need it and you're seeing clients, that is the ethical thing to do. Like, right. again, if you're going through a divorce and your clients come in and talking about divorce, you know what I'm saying? Right. That, or you could be going through something different, but it's impacting your work or you think it might impact your work. Then yeah, they definitely say, go ahead and do it. I think they try to like plant the seed early. Mm-hmm. So that way you kind of always go back to, you, you do go back to the other points in your career versus, um, you know, kind of like getting you used to the idea. I guess so to speak so by the time you are halfway through your career it won't be like a new idea to be like oh let me go see a a therapist I'm going through something myself you know and let me make sure that I'm not um, letting like you said like my personal life affect my work or making sure that like I'm not blurring the lines you know all those type of things they when they do bring it up like through your consistent training is usually when they do like um, workshops and trainings on like Mm. burnout or like uh, burnout or self-care stuff for therapists they do kind of bring that in there too. Like, Hey, if you need, don't forget, like you can talk to your own therapist, right. you know, stuff like that. It, it's not talked about as much as it is early, but I think they do it so early because they want 
it's a plant in your mind. Like, okay, don't ever forget it. that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's it's important because even even with work, you expect certain things because you're you're putting yourself in a situation where I know that I'm here to help people get through whatever hurdles that they need to get through. So you already have that in your mind, whether it be like in your profession, whether it be in all jobs in general. Mm -hmm, But mm -hmm. when you have a year like 2020 Mm, that mm -hmm. puts so much stress on top of the stress that you already have, like police brutality, the election, COVID, unemployment, virtual Mm -hmm. learning, all of these Mm -hmm. things, even more, all the Mm -hmm. deaths of 2020 just on top of like what you already have on your plate mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like no. how can you deal with that i mean that's the thing i think it's one of those things like and i use myself I, I, I like to use myself as an example even in my clients i do it as much as i can because i think sometimes when people and this is what i'm hoping that this podcast will also do not just you know for me to kind of like talk about mental health and connect with you and connect with the audience and just talk about the content but to know that therapists are people too and mm. that we go through things too, but I don't say that for you to worry about your therapist or to worry about, you know, right. people who are professionals, but for you to understand that if you are going through something, that just means that you're human. Um, so I'll take myself as an example and I'll give a personal story. So like, so I see anywhere between like five to six clients a day, um, which is a good amount of clients a day. That's a lot. Um, yeah, that's a lot of clients a day. And so, um, but like you said, we're all going through our own stuff with COVID and just even before COVID, whatever issues you had before, just you know, continues probably, um, through the year. And so, um, I have, uh, your nephew, a young, uh, baby boy, like he was about a year at the time. Yeah. And so I've been working from home since COVID started, which is wonderful because I can be with him and everything like that. And I still have support, um, at the same time, but there was a, but because I work for a university system, we kind of work our schedules in semesters. And so, um, as they're like planning the semester schedule, because COVID was still like a big question mark and they didn't know, they're like, okay, well, we don't know if people got to come into the office or not. And so they know my situation. Um, I have to have a young, a young baby at home and everything. And the total other people, I'm not the only person that does, right. <laughs> um, but you know, but they, they try, you know, they were saying they're going to try to consider people's situations and stuff like that, but they couldn't guarantee it. So like once they were kind of having discussions about coming back to campus, I literally, literally had like a like a panic that just came over me because mm. I was just like oh my goodness like I have to make this decision if they if they tell me I have to come back into the office like how do I do this and talk to my husband about it your your brother and he was like don't worry about it you know just deal with it as it comes but I mm. kind of have a problem with like and, and you're sometimes. a first-time mother <laughs> exactly I'm a first-time mother he's young you know all these different things and so like my first mind was like worst case scenario, like I'm gonna have to go to the office five days a week and be around all these students and people and things like that. And then I, I just at that point I was like, okay, this is not helping me. This is when they, like your anxiety mm. just overfunctions, where I just was kind of like panicking but not really doing anything with the worry. It was just kind of like what? just kind of yes. taking over me. And so I just decided after I spoke to my husband about it, I tried to calm down and I reached out to my supervisor, expressed my concerns, and like that was helpful for me to get it off my chest. But she couldn't give me a solution at the moment, so we just kind of came up with like a temporary solution and then luckily I was able to still stay home um but that's just my example to say like even as a mental Mm. health professional even as you know someone that's been doing it for over 10 years all these things I still was like I don't have any control over this I don't have control over COVID I have control over what the university says I don't have I mean of course people might just say oh well just you know if you can't go back and you have issues at home just don't go to work like you cannot go to work you got bills to pay like it's like all these different things I just share that personal story to say like nobody's alone like we're all going through it together and so and we're learning together 
we're yeah, learning, we're learning. yeah and hopefully that humanizes like all professionals my you know my profession doctors you know all these different people that are doing you know difficult work that the people that nece- not necessarily in those same professions know that not to say that we can't handle it we can you know if we got the right support it's just that I think it helps bring unity when you know you're not doing it by yourself. That's kind of like the purpose of the story. So, Mm -hmm. facts. And you know, all this to say that everyone goes through it differently too. You can see someone that's perfectly fine on the outside, not Mm -hmm. worrying, not doing, but they're probably like panicking the most Mm -hmm. inside. I can say that with myself because in my situation, I'm working at a hotel. It's a different type of help, but (laughs) no, it's still people need place to sleep, (laughs) right? So working at a hotel where we never we never closed down but we Mm. had to furlough more than 50 percent of our staff so me at the time being a general manager of this property and a new general manager at that i started the very end of april so not even six months before the whole entire world shuts down Mm. so now i have to learn how to be a gm and also take the burden of the whole entire hotel on my back Mm. so even though like we were getting so many cancellations left and right. Yeah. It's less work at the moment. Right. Mm -hmm. But then the panic hits in, like, how are we supposed to recover? And then like, well, now we have to, with less staff, we have to pretty much overwork everyone else Mm -hmm. just to make ends meet. And -hmm. then the type of clientele that was coming in was completely different than what Mm -hmm. we're doing. So then you have people messing up the rooms, costing more, the rooms cost less, and then we still have to pay everyone. So like having all that stress on my back as a new general manager, it was just overwhelming because being like learning how to do the things that I was, you know, trying to learn in the very beginning was a learning curve. So Mm -hmm. even continuing that, so I say all this to say that although to my, um, co-workers and everyone who worked with me at the hotel um they thought you know hey um she's really good you know she's cool calm and collected she is still keeping everyone happy laughing we're still rolling with the punches the corporate office is you know seeing mm-hmm. how, how much we're taking control of what the, the situation is we're making new strategies in order to get more people in and all this stuff but little old me inside was about to pop (laughs) Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. no one no one could see all of the stress that I was going through because it's not only like making sure that the hotel is properly functioning it's the police brutality where everyone is going and I don't I don't know if people related to what I was going through just seeing Mm -hmm. certain things and getting emotional Mm -hmm about what I was seeing in the streets. And then you have the, the amount, the plethora of people who were dying mm-hmm. and for me to be working frontline with mm-hmm. individuals walking in and out of the hotel and protecting the rest of my staff. Like it was just, and you have people who I furloughed calling me, uh, not harassing, but near harassing me, <laughs> asking me when are they going to start working? Like, I don't mm. know. <laughs> yeah. You know, everything I'm hearing you say, well, I have a couple of thoughts about it. One, in terms of, like, the person that keeps it in and has to kind of, you know, save face a little bit as far as, like, not showing your emotions as much. You know, I think you're that type of person, I'm that type of person where, you know, we're not easily rocked. Like, we can right. kind of, like, especially at work, like, I think we do a good job at that. But also, even though our professions are different, 
your profession and my profession, the roles that we play, we're almost looked up as like mentors a little bit. So people come to us expecting answers or expecting some support or something like that. So we are leaders in that sense, right? So you can't, you don't have much room to like show your emotions, you know? And of course, even if we did do it, it would be professional because you're still at work, but still like versus like maybe your um, other employees or maybe, you know, maybe in my case, like an intern or a trainee who's, you know, in school, to be a counselor, they can probably come to me or come to one of my other colleagues who are licensed and like say, hey, I'm struggling, I'm this, da, 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 um, more than maybe, you know, we can in a sense, right? So I think right. that's what I'm hearing you say too, is just like where it doesn't seem like there was room for that, I guess, in, in, in at least in the work setting, um, especially right. in the roles that we play. So that's really hard. That's another example of like having to hold it in sometimes, you know? Yeah, it was, it was tough. It, it was, it's, and it's still tough. You know? it's still tough yeah it's still tough because even everything you're saying too it just reminds me of like that feeling of like you don't have control over it. like you said the person people yeah. calling you like when i'm gonna get back to work like yeah you're the general manager but you don't own the hotel <laughs> like, right you know what i mean like there's still a limit to what you can your choices or your decision that you can there take. was a huge limit and i mm-hmm. you know what i'm gonna say this on 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 um air i don't mm-hmm. think i want to give my phone number out anymore <laughs> Oh, like your your um your staff call you with like issues yeah. and stuff. <laughs> oh my god! And you know what? One thing I would say about myself is I'm always a positive person, and I think that people mm-hmm. confide in me when it comes to certain situations, and I allow that to happen. And I'm more than ha- happy to work and help and and assist people in those ways. So even though it's such a positive, like it's a joy to me to help people when whenever they have questions and stuff like that, to be able to be there for them for support and whatever the case may be it's a gift and a curse at the same time because mm-hmm. I am continuously draining myself and I don't feel comfortable asking people for um, help or for just assistance or anything additional, especially people that I work with. I like to be the person that pretty much can figure it out, get things done as the highest position at the hotel. So mm-hmm. it, it's, it's kind of difficult. I'm in a, a very difficult position especially still learning to be a general manager so are you speaking to the choir i'm the same way like i i prefer to be the person and you know and that's that speaks to our personality that speaks to our profession like we prefer to be the helpers but i think that goes back to what your questions to me about like mental health professionals getting their own support because again we're still human like even though we're not comfortable always asking for help but I know I could say, you know, there are times I need it, like, whether right. I want to admit it or not, you know? And so I think that that 2020, I would say, is probably one of those years, you know, one of very, very unique years where it teaches you those things or reminds you of those things because, like, you can't do it alone. Like, even this whole thing of COVID, like, it's a, a disease, a virus that we all, as a global community, have to get on board with these precautions and different things to be able to keep each other safe like you can't do it without the other person you know what I mean so it's kind of like it kind of forces you to have to you know depend on people even though you can't really see people like it's just (laughs) it's a weird dynamic man it's so weird it it makes you like almost like you're like a little bit lost like what what how do I handle this like what do I do like all these things kind of just hitting up against each other you know what I'm saying like it's a lot man it's really a lot but it makes us go back to humanity you can mm-hmm. see a lot of people, whoever isn't taking those precautions, wearing the mm-hmm. mask. And, you know, people are slowly getting into it now. You still mm-hmm. see crazy people out there, but they're slowly getting into it. But to not think selfishly. 
people mm-hmm. think selfishly and they're like, well, I don't need to wear the mask because um, my cousin got COVID and I was hanging with them the other day <laughs> and I didn't get it or I'm asymptomatic oh or whatever. Oh my gosh. So they're not thinking of people. No, they're, they're not. not thinking of someone's grandmother that could possibly contract that virus or even someone who has asthma um, mm-hmm. or something. You know, they're not thinking of, of the individuals that um, nope. may, may be affected more than they are. And maybe at that time, when you were near your cousin, you didn't touch the cup that they had. So maybe the next time you touch it. <laughs> So many variables. So many variables. That's the thing. Like, people have to remember when this situation with COVID, like, we don't know what we don't know. Like, people need to stop acting like they know, oh, we just got to know. Like, of course, take the precautions. That's what we know for now. But, like, beyond that, like, there's no guarantee of anything. And that's really, really scary. You know what I'm saying? It's really scary to not have anything. And I think it's so funny because I was thinking about COVID, but I also thinking about, like, what you said about, um, the racism and different things that happened this year with the mm-hmm. protests and all and all that and even with that that's a that's a global pandemic too racism mm. like everybody has to be on board for mm. that to be eradicated so both these things living, living side by side in 2020 like shows you that although you know sometimes it's easy to like withdraw from people and be like well i'm just gonna deal with it on my own and all that stuff whether that's your personal problem or these right. global problems we really cannot do that and i think for me again my me personally being a helper i'm used to like be high functioning and doing things on my own and stuff like that and right. man that thing broke me down because like the more you like the older you get the more responsibilities you have right mm-hmm. Yodin? so it's kind of right. like or Joni. so like, at the same time it's kind of like well yeah i'm used to doing a lot of stuff on my own but as i get older as i get more responsibilities like it's it's too much to hold like by yourself you know right. let alone these global things in our communities that's happening so it's, it's just i don't know i think it's one of those things where you can see the need for people to kind of come together one way or the other um and at the same time know that people are going to have differences and people are not going to agree on everything you know and so it's kind of like what can you do and i think that's kind of looking forward like okay what can we do moving forward you know right we have to get our mind at a like a positive space so that Mm -hmm. we can continue to grow and beat whatever is going on in the past we don't want to repeat 2020 Mm -hmm. no one wants to repeat it and no one wants to get (laughs) below that We passed Jumanji, the 12 steps of Jumanji, it's over. We closed the chapter. We're not going to have season two or episode two or whatever. We're not doing that. So we're closing in that chapter. We are. I think it's it's necessary and I'm happy we had this part of the conversation because it is necessary to cleanse ourselves and to like think about, like like you said earlier, we have to say it, right? I think you said in the beginning of the Mm -hmm. conversation, like we have to say these things. So I think there's room for saying, cleansing, but even when I talk to my girlfriend, we talk about that too, like where, you know, it's cool to talk about problems, it's cool to talk about the issues, and we need to have some awareness of it, of course. Mm-hmm. But after a while, it's like, what do we do from here? Like, what's the action? Like, what's the like, action? Like, what's the mm-hmm. next step? Because after a while, you don't want to, like, now it's no longer about the problem. Now it's about talking about the problem becomes a problem. Because, <laughs> like, right. like, your mind can't get past it anymore, you know? Like, you can't get... And I don't know what, like, even being... Because we're both, obviously, we're both patients. So that's one thing I think in our culture. I can't speak to your culture, but I think there's a, a gravity towards, like, like talking about issues to the point where like you and you know being a, a Haitian American of course you mm-hmm. kind of have that balance where you like when you hear I like if I hear my elders talk or my parents talk it's like I remember one I'll tell you a funny story like I was in I think I was still in Tallahassee at the time and I came home to visit my parents and um they I can't I was home and they were like talking my dad was like talking about how many people that he knew died that year whatever year that was and he was like saying name and I said hold up hold up hold up 
I did not come eight hours, seven hours uh, to drive here and talk about no dead people. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, you know, honoring their life. Okay, great. But like, it wasn't even like, you know, how he's like, oh, you know, like he's grieving. He wasn't even, he was just like, oh my goodness. You know, it's just kind of, he's just talking. And I could just tell there was no point to the conversation. I just feel like, we just gonna sit here and be sad. Like, I don't, I don't oh see you guys that often. God. I don't want to see him be sad. And so that's just a silly what, example we're, to say. We're gonna go back to it because you know how I feel about <laughs> Haitian parents sometimes. I love I know. them. But oh my goodness, like sometimes like they don't, they don't have the emotions. Like it's like a brick wall. Oh, talking yeah, about they, the amount of people who died. Like what? <laughs> yes, exactly. It's so funny. It's like a, how do you call it? Like a, what do they call it? Like a dichotomy where like they're very dramatic with their emotions. Mm-hmm. But when you try to tell them to face their emotions, like Opposite. that's when you talk about it. They don't want to talk about it. Right. So if I say to my dad, okay, you sit here and talk about these eight people that that you know that path you know how did you know them like tell me some stories like do you oh no okay you know that person and then he's gonna like buy he's gonna like almost like mi- minimize like maybe yeah. how close he was to them or like how much he cared about it's like no let's talk about it then like you want to talk about it <laughs> let's, they let's don't, they don't really want the person and you know i'm a therapist so I, I really know all the things to say all the questions to ask i'm like you know going in so it's kind of like they don't want to talk about it they just want right. to like talk about it on the surface to get yourself sad but you're not really gonna like deal with it for real <laughs> like, right. I so what are we doing? It's like they want the attention, but they don't want the attention at the same time. And mm-hmm. like, you know, mom, I was talking to her actually things Thanksgiving um, about mm-hmm. like death. Oh, how sad, right? <laughs> <laughs> so um, we were talking how in the Haitian culture, and I didn't know this, she mm-hmm. said that in Haiti, when people die, they kind of like forget about them and move forward mm-hmm. where they're not <laughs> really even like, let's say if someone's parent would die, then uh-huh. It's like they disappeared and they never existed. Wow. Okay. Almost like that. And it, it was I don't think just, I heard that before. Yeah, me neither until you know I spoke to my she mom. She told you, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if it's that dramatic, but maybe knowing like when my father passed away, how ah, his name sure. wasn't even mentioned, pictures were mm-hmm. all taken away and stuff like that. So it was almost like um washing him away from the whole mm-hmm. entire family. So that could be something. I don't know. But, but think about, and also so think about that, right? So let's say that that's the case, because this is something new to both of us we haven't heard. But then the opposite of that would be like at the funeral, which of course every culture and, you know, most cultures, well, I say every, but most cultures, funerals are sad. Like that's right. obviously person's passing away, whatever. But the dramatics behind actually attending, you know, a funeral of, the, of our culture is also interesting. So, so to hear that part of it, it's like interesting to me. I'm like, okay, but... I'm not, I'm not and I'm not judging grieving right however you want to grieve right. is fine right? right so if you want to throw yourself on the floor do whatever you got to do I get it like this is a permanent change in your life in our lives mm-hmm. but having that happen and then turn around and say well then we right. just forget about it <laughs> like, hot like, and cold like, I promise yeah. That's interesting to me. But I think it's just one of those things where, like, it kind of goes back to what we're saying. You have to, you know, not have to. You can do whatever you want. But, but it's helpful to, like, if you're going to really talk about issues and stuff. Like, let's, let's really talk about it. And I hope that, you know, and I, I love the episode you had with um, on the Haitian mothers, too. Because mm-hmm. I think one of the lessons or one of the things that I heard you guys say, and I say with my girlfriends, is, like, we want to take the good parts of what we, you know, our perception was good right. and, like, pass it on to our kids and, like, shed of some of the things that we might interpret as like unhealthy or toxic or whatever you want to call it because you know you live and you learn like you you just get better with hopefully with every generation and that's that's the main thing and I think with COVID and all this 2020 stuff you know there's a lot of opportunity to just be negative you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. but I'm like I don't want to stay being negative I don't want to do that because that's not going to help you know and you know what's funny if you even saying that this reminds me of the episode with my best friend, the one that I just had at the end of um, the year, a mm-hmm. toast to friendship. 
she mentioned to me because I'm always uh, finding my way back to um, trauma, childhood trauma, mm. oh, the, this, then, the third. And she said that, you know, you talk about that, you talk about how sheltered you were, and you always mm-hmm. come back to that um, subject. Well, mm-hmm. why don't you find out the positives that came from you being sheltered? Mm. Yeah. And okay. I was like, uh, what are you talking about? There's some <laughs> positives to that. But sometimes we do have to look at what has brought us down, completely down, and see the positives and how strong we've gotten after that situation mm-hmm. has passed. So mm-hmm. with that being said, I know 2020 was just a like a couple of days. And by the time mm-hmm. you guys listen to it, maybe a couple of weeks um, mm-hmm. since the, the last day of 2020. But what do you think? you you can actually do starting today Mm -hmm. that can use what you learned from 2020 to make a better 2021 yeah I think no that's a great question I think it's never too late to start right and I for me I I don't know how you feel about new year's resolutions I don't really make new year's resolutions I kind of feel like every day is an opportunity to do something different. You know what I mean? If you're waiting for the new year or a new month or a new whatever, then you're losing out on time that you could be doing something else. If you're ready, right? If you're not ready, mm-hmm. more power to you. Do it when you're ready. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like it's more about overall well-being. So I think for me, um, one of the things that I think about in terms of kind of what I learned and what I'm taking into is um, just kind of, I guess, kind of like what you said in the beginning of the hour. As I said, I have to like confirm for me this weekend even more of like, opening up and sharing how you're feeling. I thought I was really good at like, you know, managing my own emotions. I feel like I am for the most part, but I, but what I realized is everybody has their limit, right? Everybody mm-hmm. has their limit. And I'm sure 2020 showed people a lot of, a lot of their limits, you right. know, of what they can take, what they can't take. And something only works as effectively as it can at that time, right? So like if, as your life changes before, when I would be upset, I would kind of like maybe go to my room. I have roommates at a time, spend time to myself and then go out, have a girl's night and then see my boyfriend, you know, my, my husband now and on the weekend, you know, it kind of like just processing it however I don't have that life anymore so I have to find a different way to deal with things so before it it worked where I could like hold things to myself sometimes and then talk to people sometimes try to manage it myself most you know mostly myself you know and so now I'm just kind of like feeling like with the past year even past two years I had had my son 2019 so I'm still kind of like my, I feel like my life was like building up to this point. Right. <laughs> like in 2019, I became a mom, dealing with all the chaos of that. And then 2020 happened, now we're this year. So I feel like it kind of, my 2020 happened probably 2019, um, just with the changes in my life. And so for me, I feel like when I'm, I learned, you know, last year and I'm taking into this year is to speak up more. And I feel like I've been working on that since I was in my 20s. But, you know, I feel like I had to jump like 10 levels. <laughs> <laughs> more because I have a son, I have a husband, I have parents, you know, I have different things that I'm, you know, in my professions, I have all these things that are like all happening at the same time, I guess, Junie. So mm-hmm. I don't like feel like I have room anymore to hold things in because it's going to come out. Like, even though like I thought, oh, I can hold it in, it's going to come out some type of way. You know what I'm saying? Like whether it's coming out in, you know, me not being as, um, not say as engaged, I'm engaged with my clients, but I could feel an inside that like I could be doing more, but I feel like I just, can't because I'm hmm. I'm using all the energy to hold in whatever I'm going through. Does that make sense? What I'm saying it does, um, and it reminds me of and you know the show Arthur. <laughs> yes, I love that. The, car- the cartoon, right? The cartoon. Yes, you remember? I love I, that show. I think the girl with the red shirt. Her name was Francine, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There was an episode, and I make these references with my um sister all the time. So I guess I could just bring it to the podcast. So. Yeah. 
I make these childish references, but anywho, so Francine, <laughs> they went to like the diner to have soda or whatever with their friends, right? And mm-hmm. it was an episode where she was trying to be nice for once because, you know, she's a, a hard person to get along with sometimes and she's a tomboy, all this stuff. So they mm-hmm. associate her being a tomboy with being a little bit more aggressive and, mm-hmm. you know, just whatever. But anywho, so, and that's another topic for another day, but... Right. <laughs> so... Um, she was trying to be nice and like people were talking around her and she was getting more and more frustrated because she was holding her tongue. And in the scene, she was shaking a soda and she wasn't even noticing. And then it exploded. Mm. <laughs> so, I say all this to say that you can only feel the soda um, bottle. Yeah. Uh, so much certain, right so much and even if you open a top so it doesn't explode you still have the same amount in that container that you can yep you know what i mean so that's good that's a good example actually a lot of pressure you're walking a around a lot of pressure a lot of pressure and just because you do one little thing different unscrew the top doesn't necessarily mean that you're not going to overflow with work mm-hmm. so you have to kind of like share with people in order to get that soda down to another mm-hmm. level so mm-hmm. even though you don't want to share a lot of information with a lot of people because nobody needs to know about your business. Of course, of course. But yeah. there are certain things that you can put on a friend or put on mm-hmm. a, a, a family member that's not too invasive into your own life. Like I remember we had a conversation um, probably a, a couple of weeks ago that we could relate on and that mm-hmm. you said you spoke to my sister about. And then when mm-hmm. I talked to you about it, it was like another set of relief because yeah, sure. the only one that was going through whatever you were going through at the moment. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, for me, I'm just learning at the age of 30 to be mm-hmm. able to speak a little bit just so that I won't explode. No, I agree. I think it's definitely one of those things. I think there's something that um, Brene Brown is a, a social worker. She does a lot of research in uh, shame and, and connection and things. And one thing that she talks about is um, like the, the, that we're wired for connection as humans and like we need each other kind of right. thing. Kind of like what I was talking about with social, the COVID and racism and everything. Like we need each other. Um, and so even though we can be self-sufficient, you know what I'm saying? It doesn't mean that just because you share with somebody means that you can't handle something mm. or something's wrong or whatever. Facts. It just means that you're human. Like you just need that a little extra support. Um, and even as a therapist, I know that. And I still struggle with that in my own life. That's just one of my advice. Mm. like one of my things I'm working on or whatever. Um, and then she also talks about how you, you want to share. I want to make sure I get it sort of right. So she talks about how you want to share with people who have deserved to hear your story, right? So you don't want to share with an unsafe person or somebody mm. who you're not close with who you can't, you can't trust, basically, right? right? Because what you don't want to happen is that person to then respond in a way that causes more damage to your, your mm. experience, your mm. emotions, or your life. Like, you want to talk to somebody who you can trust or whatever. Like, you're, so those are going to be probably just a few. She says you only need, really need one person. Right. If you have two, three, four, five, like, you're, you shuck gold, you know what I mean, kind of thing. In terms of the people that you share, like, the deepest, hardest things with them. But then, so course, depending on a subject, you can talk to one person, another person, another person. Yes, exactly. Because exactly, I find yeah. that if you talk to someone that you can truly trust, like, whatever, about a, a certain type of subject, maybe their response will be too emotional as well 
that will make mm-hmm. you make the wrong decision and have an emotional decision based off of whatever they're saying. So yes. depending on the topic that you're talking about, you have to know your friends and your family members and who you can and cannot share. Doesn't mean that you don't love them and you don't trust them. It's just that you that's know the responses. Point. That's yeah. a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. So she didn't, she didn't talk about that element, but I'm glad you added that in because what you're talking about is personality style, mm-hmm. you know, opinions, judgments, and things. Not necessarily judgment of you. It's almost like when people say like if you're dating or you're with somebody mm-hmm. or even if you're married because you're married and I'm married, right? So like mm-hmm. we might um, go to even to each other or to our own relatives on our own sides of like things that, you know, we're going through, but we probably, you know, it's wise to be protective of what you share about your marriage to other people because right. they're going to have a certain opinion and, you know, and you might get over it the next day, you know what I'm saying? Right. Whatever. And so that might not be that they are judging you or even judging your spouse, but just the fact that like they're concer- so concerned about you that they may overstep <laughs> without yeah. necessarily, and not overstep like in your marriage, but even just to you, like say certain things that like, you know, don't really fit or don't really match kind of what you're going through. But no, you're right. Cause that's not about trust. It's just more about style, I guess, or, you know, mm-hmm. opinions and those type of things. Yeah. That's a good point. But that's, that's glad you added that part. You know, I, I, I mentioned that a lot because it's, it's just the fact of the matter. If you talk to your parents about what's going on in, in the, in your relationship, then they may have a negative feel about you at the end mm-hmm. of the day. If I'm talking about <laughs> <laughs> anything that happened in my relationship or something like that, I would go to like you or my sister or mm-hmm. my best friend Chardonnay about mm-hmm. it because it's more towards you guys won't judge the situation. You'll mm-hmm. kind of make a sound decision because I can tell you think before you respond. Mm, so it's like just respond yeah right and i don't have issues you know that really happen in the relationship something petty stuff but sometimes Mm -hmm. in the moment like you feel like you know a little emotional about it but it's like you know in even in our group chat to be able to Mm -hmm. throw things inside of our group chat where Mm -hmm. we're like just wanting to know the opinion certain, certain people won't be able to take that statement and give a sound opinion or just whatever about Mm -hmm. what we're talking about so yeah and i think and i think when we say like talk about things in your marriage it doesn't like i agree with you it doesn't mean that you're going through something it just means that you just want to talk about something that happened like you know what i mean yeah i think i hear what you're saying in that sense because i didn't nobody's perfect and you know and i know being married is not you know it's great we love it we want to continue to be married but you know like everything is going to be something that you have to work through work on like you have a life like you're going through covid like you just got married a year ago like there's so many dynamics that may not necessarily be something between you and your husband as an issue just mean like hey you know what i'm saying it's life like things get challenging you know exactly i'm like oh your question about what, what to take in so that's my personal thing like, oh yeah i forgot about that <laughs> it's okay it's okay i'm thinking to myself what other things because there's certain things i've been doing certain things i've been trying to do more and certain things i know i have to work even mm. harder at right there's like the different mm-hmm, levels <laughs> mm-hmm. and i was thinking about like an easy way for people to remember it and i love cheesy things so like you can do with this what you like but that just helps me remember stuff melissa love quotes i love love cheesy stuff it just helps me you know what it is it helps me just feel good like it helps me feel good helps me remember things like sticks with me so y'all learn that about me if y'all want to learn more that's just me no judgment zone go ahead (laughs) i was thinking about for 2021 because we're in the new year um about how we can stay fresh right and so fresh came to mind because like reminds me of like being renewed being Mm. um kind of like how in in clear we say like you know what i'm saying you're just like mm-hmm. popping you know what i'm saying type of thing and so when i was looking at the, the different things that i did this year to maintain my mental health maintain you know my overall uh overall well-being and what i would suggest to other people um would come from like an acronym what i would say like finding meaning so like for example like like why do we go through this <laughs> like 
right. <laughs> why is this happening in our lives like give me some like purpose behind it because sometimes I don't know about you Junie but sometimes like when you're going through some of the hardest things like you like need something like like you can hold on to because mm. if not you're gonna be like feeling like you're just more lost than you need to be feeling I guess so to speak right. and so sometimes going to things like finding out like, just processing yourself like okay what am I learning from this situation if you're faithful or, or assigned to some religion or spirituality whatever just something meditate whatever for you to like ground yourself because if you're on the go 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 work dealing with virtual stuff with school kids also like you have so much stuff going on and I think being able to just mm-hmm, just kind of like find a space where you could just be with your own thoughts and whatever that means, if you believe in the higher power, all that stuff. Cause man, it's just, it's a lot. So I think being able to find something to hold on to helps. Also relationships, we already talked about just having people to talk to connect with or whatever. Um, exercise. Like that's mm-hmm. one thing I've been able to keep up with pretty well. And of course, good for you, good for you because <laughs> 2021 is my year. Okay. <laughs> every year is our year, girl. Don't worry about it. Every single year, every year we hear is here. Mm-hmm. Um, but, because exercise is helpful for mental health too you know what i'm saying like even though it's not going to resolve all your problems but it does kind of get your blood pumping it gets you feel i know after a workout i feel pretty good like confident like okay i got this done mm-hmm. like we're not confident but confident too but also like accomplished like for the day like oh okay i got that done you know what i'm saying and then Something you have more the energy it's funny how mm-hmm. you exert all this energy to find more energy to be able to do other things it's crazy exactly yeah exactly it's so true and then um sleep girl that's one thing that's one of my things i need to do i'm learning i get get like four to six hours i mean granted i have a child and all that stuff but still i'm like i need to get more but sleep because i know for me so what i have been able to do i'll say this i've been able to sneak in some naps (laughs) (laughs) that's been helping me to get more sleep and before i used to have the mom guilt thing where like I feel like if he's sleeping, I should be doing something, preparing for the next thing. And I'm just like... That's how I feel in general. And it's sad because (laughs) my sister's like, you know, this is your year. You need to soak it in, sleep, do everything you want to do. Because once eventually when I do have a kid, that time ain't for me no more. No, it's not. And then, of course, over, I would say it takes a year or a year to two, a year, one to two years before you kind of like find some type of groove of like putting yourself back into your life if that makes sense if when you become a mom um and so again my son is a year and a half and I'm just now starting to not feel like guilty about taking a nap when he's taking a nap like and that makes no sense but anyway it's just something you just work through so sleep i've been singing in some naps and then just eating healthy or healthy eating i would say is h part the fresh part just healthy eating so whatever that might mean like even just drinking more water you know the way i like to think of it is like rather than thinking like oh i'm gonna have less of this like oh, i'm gonna drink less soda just say i'm gonna drink more water right because even true. in your mind it does something to you right it's like mm-hmm. oh because when you tell yourself you can't have something you're like oh my god i want some soda right now because <laughs> right. i just said i don't i'm not gonna drink any but if you're like i'm just gonna drink more water if it just kind of your mind mentally psychologically just for some reason it feels more doable it feels more positive more like too less uh-huh more positive less resistance to me those little small little tips have gotten me through 2020 Hmm. um there's things again that I'm challenging myself to get better at for 2021 that I'm carrying into this year and I feel like I feel like I'm in a much better place um Good. than whatever I had going on last year because I feel like it's I just want to take the energy yeah I don't want to take the it energy into this year it's too it was, much yeah what I, what I can say that I have learned to do better for 2021 is to continuously reevaluate, continuously follow up with myself so what would happen is like I'm on auto autopilot. 
if I'm, if I got like assignments to do or whatever the case may be, I'm going through the year and I'm not taking the time to step back and say, okay, so this is what I did this month or this week. And what did I do positive? What did I do that could need more improvement? Let's work towards a better next month or whatever the case may be, because sometimes you need to evaluate what you did to see what you need to continue doing and what you need to change in your life so Mm -hmm. having those timelines and Mm follow-up organization um because again like i when i go i'm on go mode but sometimes Mm. like when and i mentioned this in the previous episode that i like when i get discouraged i get discouraged like i don't yeah i feel you anything the only consistent thing so far right now that i've been like hitting and jamming is this podcast actually pushing this out every single monday mm-hmm. like and i'm so proud of you by the way i'm so oh, excited thanks, you. Girl. yeah he's doing amazing it's a struggle sometimes but i need to take the time and i said this previously i need to mm-hmm. take the time to carve out a space so that i can organize the podcast versus just doing it like the day before or something like that so mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I saw something yesterday that said, like, start where you're at. Like, kind of mm-hmm. like, so that statement you just made about, like, I need to do this. Yeah, you need to do it, but just start where you're at. Like, rather than, and, I, and I'm saying this, I just read it yesterday. You know, I love my quotes. <laughs> um, and it's hard for me to do it myself. But, I mean, I think that's a good way of thinking about things. It doesn't help you to, like, be stuck in the past about what you didn't do. Does that make sense right. what I'm saying? Cause, right. and, I, and I do that to myself, like I said, so I get it the dates that you have is like so heavy. Like, let's say if you're on a spectrum and mm. the spectrum is the days of the, uh, of the year. Mm-hmm. And let's say if you're in February, you have the whole heap of, of January just on your back. Instead of that, just cut off January and then c- continue to move forward. Just like, yeah, you said, that's a good way. Are. That's a good, yeah, I like that. That's exactly mm-hmm. what I would say. Cause the way my thought process sucks. Like I sit here and think of, Oh my God, this mm-hmm. happened, that happened. And mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it's, it's bringing me down. So for yeah. us to have a better year, we have to think more positive, get yeah. ourselves in a more positive mental space mm-hmm. and ca- carve time for ourselves. For yourself. You have self-care episodes. Self-care episode. Let me tell you, and we just got to do it for ourselves. I think 2021 <laughs> is our you gonna, year. You going to claim it? You going to claim it? Claim it. <laughs> Speak it into existence, okay? Well, what people could do, if they don't want to feel overwhelmed, Junie, they can say, today is my day. Today and is today day. is every day. Just today into the year's over. Every day is your day. Like, mm-hmm. day. <laughs> little every by little, day. baby steps. If you're, too, if you're too worried to claim it for other people, just take it day by day. So 2021 is my year, okay? <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm with you. That's good. That's good. Whatever people could do. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Melissa, for for coming on with me today. No problem. I'm gonna um, send you the links to put for people that want to look up for resources for mental health. I think that's really important, um, especially in the Black community as well. I know that's something that we sometimes don't always do. So I think people should just check it out, um, yes. see about it, get resources. You know, reach out to people. I think it's helpful. Do you have a website or anything that people can reach I, out to you? I do. Thanks for asking. It's um, heartfeltcounselingcenter.com. So heart, like how you spell it, heartfeltcounselingcenter.com. And I'll, I'll send you that as well. Perfecto. And I'll put all of that in the information area. And thank you all for listening to us 
rant about 2020 and what we could do better. <laughs> yes, yes. Going into the new year right. That's all. Yes, I believe it and I claim it. You guys can follow me on Instagram at NMNL Podcast. You can follow me on Facebook at Nothing More, Nothing Less. You can follow me on Clubhouse at June.etv. And I'm not going to talk about Twitter anymore because I am not active. Thank you guys for listening. (laughs) And I'll hear you on the next one. Bye.